0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never ever enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ
1: let's set the record straight we have this phrase that we sometimes say let's set the record straight or I know my mom was really good at setting me straight sometimes The idiom means to clear things up, to give a correction. It's interesting that the first words out of Jesus' mouth in the Gospel of Matthew that we've already heard in our progression this year is where Jesus says to John the Baptist, it's necessary that we fulfill all righteousness, set things straight, set things right. That's sometimes the function of God's Word in our lives. Isaiah, that we hear today, does some setting things straight, does some correction. And you know, after all, we have to remember that we as human beings are broken, sinful. We do affirm that as much as we also affirm that we are God's creation and God's beloved people. So we need some correction sometimes. I, well, I should speak for myself. When I think of our times today, no different than any other time, I suppose, it would be good for God's Word to set things straight, true things up, bring some correction. And like I say, I think God's Word, Jesus and Isaiah, do that big time today. You see, Isaiah was speaking to the people of God in a time when they thought they were doing all the pious things, they were doing fasts, and they were worshiping and doing the sacrifices in the temple, and they were, you know, going through, you could say the motions, but I think they were even sincere about it. But they weren't really concerned about how they treated the poor and the lowly and the people, the kin even, the family who were struggling, let alone other people of the community, other people even weaker or more vulnerable. They weren't worried about that. No, their piety was focused on themselves. They were undergoing a project. It would seem to make themselves look good. Those who have ears to hear, hear. Isaiah said, If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil. If you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness. Then you will be great, Isaiah says. The darkness and your gloom will be like noonday. That's some setting of the record straight. You know, um, it's a danger when we think about our worship life and our religiosity that, that somehow it can be to make ourselves look good or to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. But it's just a natural thing. I don't mean to be even too judgmental about it. I remember getting on a plane going to Israel. Some people have heard me tell this story before, and there is a very devout there are lots of Jewish, very devout people going to Israel from New York. Um, This was the Hasidic Jewish um, tradition, and, you know, they had the black hats on and everything, and and it was really beautiful to watch. But this one gentleman, though, wanted to sit next to his son, his younger son, who was sitting next to me. He was, the son was about my age, the dad was older, and he took someone else's seat on the aisle. It was a woman, and she came and said, excuse me, sir, I think you're in my seat, and he he wasn't going to move. He wasn't going to move. And, uh, You know, she was trying to be nice about it and then she went and got the flight attendant and the flight attendant and this guy was just no and he started to be mean about it and he just wouldn't budge. He was going to sit next to his son. It wasn't his seat, but it was his spot and he was going to do it and and he was actually quite rude. I was quite embarrassed about it. And then, for the next nine hours, he and his son read the Hebrew Scriptures together. Sometimes, our piety... We miss the point. That's our neighbor. Now, something beautiful happened when I told this story at Manna Bible Study. This was so great. Someone had the gall, the audacity to say, Well, did you think about getting up and giving the woman your seat? I got to talk to this congregation. As my mom said, when you point the finger, that's right, here I'm pointing the finger at someone else, look what happens. Oh, it's a dangerous thing to point the finger. Isaiah says, hey, you want to get your piety, you want to get things straight? Stop pointing the finger. Jesus said something like, I don't know, take out the log in your own eye before you take out. The speck in your neighbors. Let that sink in from the lowest to the highest in the land. You do that. You stop pointing the finger. You take care of the log in your own eye. You start caring for the lowly and the weak and the struggling, the person in need right next to you. You um, look at your spouse and you stop keeping score. You, instead of um, loving to be loved, that, that you just lose yourself in the other person. Um, and, and you lose yourself in your neighbor and you start to disappear and you start to care and be compassionate and you start to live like that. Then your light will shine. Isaiah says, and speaking of lights, Jesus stands before us today in this great sermon on the mount, this greatest sermon of all times you could say, and he says, you are the light of the world, but even before that he said, you are the salt, you are the salt of the earth, you are the salt of the earth, wow, salt and light, Jesus says we are, now when I read a lot of commentaries on this and, I've, and I and you know sometimes I read a few other sermons just to see what other pastors are thinking you know what I you know and I heard a lot of you should we should be shining brighter we should be more salty you ought to you better what are you doing kind of like Isaiah But Jesus is a little different. Did you catch it? He didn't say you ought to be light. You should try harder to be light. You should work harder on being salt. He said, you are. For you English grammatical people, the verb is in the indicative mood. This is a declaration of fact. This is a a promise. This is a statement of the way it is. This is not in the imperative mood. Jesus didn't say, go out, be light, shine. He said, you are light, you are salt. It's a divine decree from the Lord of the universe, the one who lived his life as salt and light for us and died on the cross for us and was raised from the dead. That guy, that self-revelation of God, that God-man Jesus said, you are light, you are salt. Does it sound different now? Boy, when you hear it as a promise, as a creation of Jesus, he's setting things right in a different way, isn't he? I mean, Isaiah clears it, makes it plain, makes it plain about how we are to live and what a life of faith looks like. And then Jesus stands in the midst of us in that great tradition, but says something a little different, and he says, I make you light, I make you salt, I say, this is who you are. In the faith of your baptism, you are salt. You are light. Now, now, we don't have to think about it as a should or a woulda or a coulda. Now, we get to just know that's who we are. And then things start to happen. Oh, my goodness, things start to happen. I mean, I started thinking about all the ways I'm seeing God's light shine and the saltiness of Christians today. Just, I, I started to to rattle off a few at Manor Bible Study and then in other conversations, and I just start going, and I can't stop. I mean, if I really get started here, I mean, we really need to settle in. We don't have uh, adult Sunday school today. We have the scout breakfast. We, could, we don't want the bacon to get cold, but, you know, um, you know, I mean, I read a testimony from one of our Eagle Scouts recently about how our scouting program has shaped his life. And I thought, wow, salt to the earth. Thanks be to God for our scouts. And then um, I started thinking about uh, the folks of this congregation who go down and read with kids at Silver Ridge Elementary. And what an impact that's making. And then I started to think about our feeding our feeding program, our lunch program and food program that we did at um, Esquire Hills this summer and the difference it made in that apartment complex. Less racial tension, less kids fighting, all because we simply showed up and gave some food. And then I thought about our, our book program that actually this year kept low-income kids' reading scores from dropping, and they leveled off over the summer, and they didn't do what almost all lower-income kids' reading scores do in the summer. And we did that. You did that. Not because we wanted to cross off some box somewhere that, look, we're being better light. It's just because that's who we are. That's who you are. I, I talked to someone recently who just actually got the guts to say, you know what, um, I am so excited about our congregation that I go to. The preachers preach God's love. This is what they said. The music we celebrate, it's awesome. You ought to think about coming. They actually said that to someone. Someone. I mean, that when you get that Jesus says this is who you are, you just start to be salty. Now, here's the cool quick thing. i got to say this quick about salt and light. The great thing about, think about these. If a, if a food, if a dish is too salty, no good. See, the great thing about getting the salt just right is you, it's there, but you don't notice it. And you know what light does? Yeah, this is a, be- a candle is beautiful, but though that light hits you. Light is not focused on itself. It, it illumines that which it's shining on. You look at the sun, it's like way too bright, but you look at what the sun is lighting up. It's beautiful. Thank goodness we have some today. Woo-hoo! That's the kind of salt and light Jesus wants us to be, not focused on ourselves. That's the whole problem with religious piety, is it gets focused on ourselves. Look at me wow, Jesus comes and he sets us right today. Isaiah comes and sets us right. But Jesus comes and does it a different way, a little bit different way in that he fulfills the law for us. We get connected to him, and in his cross and resurrection, he trues us up and makes us right because we are clothed in his righteousness. So how can we do anything else but flavor up this stale world with some salt and shine the light of God's love? Amen.